Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. If you are a side dude or side chick, stay in your lane today. This is for the true lovers. What? Welcome to 10 on the clock. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive hustle band, sneaker bandit, four point island, lock them up wrong. Daytona 360, back in the building, back in the flesh. Hell yeah. Before we start off the episode, I want to give a congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs who defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38 to 35. <laughs> I actually had my money on Philadelphia, even though I did not bet this year. I have a bad history with betting with NFC teams when they come to playing in the Super Bowl. But I had Philadelphia in this one and they ended up losing. Fun fact about this game, I actually went to high school with the individual who actually played in this game. Shout out to Brandon Graham. Uh, we both went to Detroit Crockett Technical High School. Stop playing with us. He graduated in 2006. I graduated in 2007. Now, I'm not going to be the ones that say, oh, yeah, we was the coolest of cool people. I honestly, I honestly didn't really know the dude. I, I ran into him maybe two times. Out of the course of my whole time being there. But that is an interesting perspective that I do have an alum that was playing in the big game. So shout out to BG. Shout out to the Eagles. Shout out to the Chiefs. Shout out to all the teams now who are preparing for the offseason. Getting ready to stockpile on draft picks or draft capital. Getting ready to sign some free agents and make a run to dethrone the Chiefs next year. Two Super Bowls in four years. That's a quite that's quite a good look for for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, the new golden boy of the NFL. Let's get into this episode. Now let me start out by saying this. Last week I did not pick a single game from that particular week. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Let me explain. I had a I had a moment. I don't know what what I was thinking about when I picked these games, but I had a moment. I thought Valentine's Day fell on one of the days last week. So when it came to me actually picking the games for this week, I actually seen that Valentine's Day was today, Tuesday, February 14th. I messed up. I had a moment. I had one of those moments. It, it happens. It happens to the best of us. In the words of Day Day from Friday, players mess up. So if you want to listen to last week's episode to get my picks, go ahead and do that. But if you want to kind of stay within this episode, I will put my picks in the description box of this episode. In the meantime, I will go ahead and I will pick another day of games 
So that way it can kind of balance out, balance itself out. I'm gonna pick games from Thursday since that is the last day of the season before All-Star break. So you will have Tuesday selections and you will have Thursday selections in this particular episode. One that I will read out loud, the other one that you will have to, you know, see for yourself. So Thursday features a three-game schedule to close out the season before All-Star break. And these are the games as follows. Game one, you can give me the Bucks over the Bulls. I'm going to take the Wizards over the Timberwolves. And you can give me the Clippers over the Suns. Those are my three games. What the numbers looking like, though? Here we go. We're about to begin the segment that has the most amount of numbers in it. What the numbers looking like? We break down every single game and highlight the player who had the most points during the course of that day. So we are going to start off with Monday. Monday. With Cam Thomas, who put up 47 points, shot 15 to 29 from the field, 5 for 11 from 3, and 10 of 11 from the foul line. Three other players scored at least 30, led by Clay, who put up 42. Jason Tatum put up 34, and Keegan Murray put up 30. Tuesday, Cam Thomas once again put up 43 points. Shot 11 for 23 from the field, 3 of 9 from three-point range, and 18 for 20 from the foul line. He is the youngest player in NBA history with three straight games of 40 points or more. Six other players scored at least 30, led by LeBron James, who put up 38 points. He scored his 36 point with 10.9 seconds left in the third quarter to become the all-time NBA scoring leader. So congratulations, LeBron. I did it. DeAndre Ayton put up 35. John Morant put up 34. Michael Porter Jr. put up 30. Shea Gilgis Alexander put up 30. And Brandon Ingram put up 30. Wednesday. Jalen Green put up 41 points. Shot 14 for 22 from the field, 6 of 9 for 3, and 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Nine of the players scored at least 30, led by Bam Adebayo and Jordan Poole, who each put up 38. Pascal Siakam put up 37. Christoph Porzingis put up 36. Dane put up 33. Aaron Fox, Anthony Edwards, and Clay Thompson put up 31. And Jalen Noel put up 30. Thursday! Giannis and Zach Levine each had 38. Giannis shot 14 for 23 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, and 8, 9 for 13 from the free throw line. He also added 10 rebounds and 6 and 6. Zach Levine, on the other hand, shot 16 for 25 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, and 9 of 13 from the free throw line. He added 1 rebound and 1 assist in that game. <laughs> Two other players scored at least 30. Led by Aaron Gordon, who had 37, and Trey Young had 36. Friday! Shea Gilgis Alexander had 44 points, shot 13 for 16 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, and 18 to 19 from the free throw line. 
15 other players scored at least 30. Led by Jason Tatum, who put up 41. Damian Lillard had 38. Joel, Pascal, and Giannis each had 35. Derek White and De'Aaron Fox each had 33. John Morant had 32. Bojan Bogdanovic had 32. Tyler Hero and Devontae Graham had 31. Jalen Doran, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Donovan Mitchell each had 30. Saturday, Jalen Brunson had 38 points. Shot 11 for 22 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, and 14 to 15 from the foul line. And this was the guy that got snubbed for the All-Star game. That's crazy. Five other players scored at least 30. Led by Joel B, who had 37. De'Aaron Fox had 36. Bradley Bill had 32. Julius Randle had 31. And Nikola Jokic had 30. And Sunday... Only two games on the schedule, but Fred Van Fleet managed to put up 35 points. Shot 12 for 26 from the field, 6 for 13 from 3, and 5 for 7 from the free throw line. Bo- Bojan Bogdanovich was the only other player to score 30 points in that day. He scored 33. Those are the numbers. Let's get into this episode. Now, you know we got to start off with LeBron James becoming the all-time scoring champ. He passed a record that was set by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on April the 5th, 1984. Now, this is a record that a lot of people felt was never going to be broken. But LeBron James was able to do so on February the 7th, 2023. Looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter, LeBron James, a shot in history. LeBron stands alone. The NBA's all-time scoring record now belongs to LeBron James. First things first, once again, congratulations to LeBron. 20 years in the league. Never had a really serious injury during his prime always made himself available and was able to take advantage of what the game had become LeBron is one of the all-time greats for that now a lot of people are going to make the debate that he is now the greatest player to ever play this game that's neither here nor there and I really wish people would stop making that argument just because basketball has changed so much over the course of Time from the 70s to the 80s, from the 80s to the 90s, from the 90s to the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. All genre of basketball has changed, and each player who had great impact on the, on the sport at that particular time was the reason for that, and you can't take away from them. But let's give Kareem his flowers because. For him to hold a record for so long is very impressive. And when I look at some interesting stats about his record, such as scoring at least 2,000 points in nine seasons and at least 1,200 points in eight seasons, of the 15,837 field goals he made, he only made one three-pointer and only attempted 11 of them. 
He scored 24,176 points with the Lakers and 14,211 points for the Bucks. Now you gotta think LeBron went from Cleveland to Miami back to Cleveland to LA. Kareem did it with two teams. When breakers like this are broken, you always have to ask the question, who's going to be next to break it? But what we got to understand is LeBron is in the prime prime of his career. Father time has not caught up to him in terms of when he's on the basketball court. Now, injuries have been able to slow him down. Currently, he's out with a foot injury that a lot of people think is going to be serious. That could be the beginning of... The end maybe, but I don't think it will be. But we have to look at guys who may be on track to possibly catch him. We look at guys like Kevin Durant, who got 26,684 points right now. If he can just stay healthy, I think he'll be able to make it interesting. James Harden will kind of be next on the list. But James is more so of a point guard now. He likes to facilitate more. So I don't know if his points will come in bunches like they used to. The only person I can legitimately see passing up this record is maybe Luka. If he continues to put up 50, 60 point games. But with the addition of Kyrie Irving, at least this season, I don't know if those 50 and 60 point games will be as regular as they once was. Carmelo would also be interesting, but Carmelo can't even get in the league right now. So the possibility of him even putting up more points is going to be slim tonight. But once again, once again, once again, congratulations to LeBron James for breaking the record. People may have their opinion about him. People may say he's the one of the all-time great floppers or whatever the case may be people may say he gets special treatment and referees don't do enough to kind of slow down the complaining that he does and all this other stuff but at the end of the day kids growing up now lebron james is going to be the player that they want to be just like you can't take away what he does on the court you can't take away what he does off of the court Everything is impressive. So once again, congratulations to LeBron. Next up, let's talk NBA trade deadline. Trades have officially all went through with the Gary Payton the second trade officially going through on Sunday night. Let's talk about the teams who made noise. First up, we got to give a W to the Phoenix Suns. I'm, try, I, I'm trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can, but I am a Phoenix Suns fan through and through. And I'm just not one of them fans who just came up within the past week and a half. I've been rocking with the Suns since the Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris, Dragon Pinker, Tyler Eulis days. So I've been rocking with the Suns for a minute. Phoenix has not been a good team. They've been up and down. Lately, they've been up, but... They haven't been a good team. When you look at the teams that was doing well, the team that went undefeated in the bubble, the team that went to the finals, the team that ended up with the best record in the Western Conference last year, they had death. And they didn't have they don't have that death this year. They also didn't have a player who could step in and be that second punch and 
Devin Booker wasn't able to get his offense up. And they kind of struggled with the same thing this year. Cam Johnson was out with injury. Cameron Payne been out with injury. CP3 been in and out of the lineup. Devin Booker been in and out of the lineup. Kel Bridges, as consistent as he was, wasn't able to provide enough of that second scoring punch. A guy who put up 20 to 25 points a night. So Phoenix went ahead and decided to go ahead to go and get Kevin Durant. Now it cost them a lot. It cost them Cam, Mikhail, and four first round picks unprotected in a pick swap. That's a lot for Kevin Durant. A guy who, yes, is an offensive great. His talent, his offensive bag is immaculate. But this is a guy who cannot stay healthy. You make this move for the playoffs. And that's exactly what they did. Now you pair KD up with Devin Booker. Chris Paul doesn't have to take on more of an offensive role. He can be that facilitator. DeAndre Ayton looked like he's starting to step into his own. You get TJ Warren, who's a bucket off of the bench. You're going to get campaign back. You get Darius Baisley in a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder. There's possibility that more help is going to be coming on the way. I'll talk about that a little later. Phoenix is starting to shape out their roster. And they're starting to shape it out, that, that bench out. And that bench is going to be key to what Phoenix is trying to do in terms of getting to the championship. We want to talk losers. Let's talk about John Morant's mouth. Because everything was going so well for the Grizzlies. Until the we find in the West comment just made every team in the West that ain't that much angrier. I don't even think that's a thing, but that much angry. But it made a lot of teams angry. Denver went out and got Thomas Bryant to back up Nikola Jokic. As I stated, Phoenix went ahead and got KD, TJ Warren, and Darius Baisley. The Clippers went ahead and got Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, and Mason Plumley. The Lakers got D'Lo, Malik Beasley, Jared Van- Vanderbilt, and Mo Bamba. Minnesota went and got Mike Conley. Dallas went and got Kyrie. So all them teams that's right in that mix, right in that fold, they went ahead and they went and got some players that's going to help them get better. Now they went it. Now Memphis did go ahead and get Luke Kennard, but they need Stephen Adams back. They have not been the same since Stephen Adams got hurt. And let's talk about Sacramento because they didn't make a legitimate move. They're still thirty-one and twenty-three in the West, still third, and they're gonna be there. They're gonna be right there going towards the end of the season. Let's talk about the city of Los Angeles because they're big winners. A lot of people didn't think that it was a lot of moves that the Lakers can make with the talent that they had and their unwillingness to give up the picks that they had, the 27 and 29 pick. They did just that. They went and got pieces. They went and got D'Angelo Russell, who's a shot creator who can who's very good with the catch, catch and shoot situation. Malik Beasley, who can be that spark off of the bench for the second unit. You're talking about Mo Bamba, who's a defensive force who also can shoot the three. And Jerry Vanderbilt, who's all hustle and energy on the glass. He doesn't take a playoff. He plays every play at 120%. Now, a lot of this could have been avoided if LeBron just would have let the team trade for Buddy Hill instead of Russell Westbrook. 
But let's please, can we please get off the narrative that Russell Westbrook was the sole problem in LA? There was a whole lot of problems, and maybe Westbrook has some reasoning or some cause of action to do with those problems, but he was not all of the problems in LA. In fact, the starters came out bland, and when Russell Westbrook would come out there off the bench, he elevated the game of everybody else. So I don't think it was I don't think it was all Westbrook. It's it's a lot of blame to go around within that team. But now they got players. So can they pull themselves into that play-in situation? Because they're currently 13th. Can they pull themselves into that play-in? Remains to be seen, but I like what LA did. I like what the Lakers did. I also like what the Clippers did. Now they went ahead and got Bones Highland. Bones Highland is high energy and a bucket off of the bench. Eric Gordon has been trying to get out of Houston for the longest. He's been brutally honest about the team's performance, the team's chemistry, the team's players, everything. He's been very adamant about his situation in Houston and how he wants to get out of it. Now he's back in LA where he was a 20 point scorer at one point in time for the Clippers. He's going to be another guy who gives them versatility off of the bench. And Mason Plumlee, you got to start looking at the bigs in the West. It's a lot of good ones. <laughs> and you need all of the bodies that you can to be able to contain with the big boys down in the paint that can also step out and do some things out on the perimeter. Mason Plumlee is a solid player who's a good rebounder, good rim runner, underrated passer. He's going to compliment Vika Zuvac very well in that center rotation. How up and down do you have to be if you are Reggie Jackson and John Wall to both be traded? Reggie Jackson got sent to Charlotte, but he will be bought out by the team. And John Wall got traded back to Houston after having some interesting comments about Houston. But he will also be bought out. But imagine being on a team that's contending for the playoffs and being shipped to teams that was at the bottom of the lottery. Let's talk about the, the elite teams in the East, more so the Bucks and the Celtics. The Bucks has been wanting Jay Crowder for the longest, and they finally got him. And it took a, a hefty amount of second round picks to get him. Jay Crowder will fill that role that P.J. Tucker left, that three-point shooter and that tough defender out there on the wing. Boston went ahead and got some additional depth to their center rotation, considering the fact that Al Horford and Robert Williams isn't two guys that you consider having the greatest of health. So they went ahead and they got Mike Muscala, a three-point shooter who was shooting 39% from the three as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And also with the move that the Bucks made to open up two additional roster spots, which I'm sure they're going to be in the buyout market to sign some players. Now, James Wiseman never had the opportunity to see the court. And that could be because of inconsistency, whether that be in practice or in game or whatever the case may be, but he was never able to see the court. Or it could be the fact that Golden State is a veteran field team with championship aspirations and maybe they felt that playing him going forward would be the best decision if they went to win a championship 
Now they don't have to worry about that because you send him to Detroit where he is going to get a lot of opportunities to play because the Pistons are playing for absolutely nothing. I expect for them to be eliminated from playoff contention very, very soon, which is going to give the young guys more time to develop. But if you are a Golden State fan, you really look at the fact that you could have had LaMelo Ball, but you took James Wiseman. Eh. Those are some of my winners and losers. Honorary winner, I would have to include Russell Westbrook. He gets out of L.A. Everybody want to talk bad on him, say he's the reason why the Lakers were struggling. He's going to get to Utah if he decides to play in Utah. If he doesn't, he's going to go to a contender, do the same things that he was doing as a member of the Lakers, and he's going to prepare that team to greater heights, depending on who gets them. And let's talk about the analysts who want to bash talk Brooklyn. Yes, Brooklyn don't have the Kyrie's, the KD's, and the James Harden's no more, but they got a solid young core. When you look at guys like Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Cam Thomas, who was a starter putting up buckets, but who's been relegated back to the bench. I told you, if he can play a lick of defense, he'd definitely be a starter. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who's looking to prove himself after finding his foot in playing with Luka Doncic, this is a solid team. And then you still got the likes of Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal. This team is a lot deeper than what people think. And I, I'm telling you, death is going to be the key for the, for the Nets. I truly do believe that they're going to stay within that, that sixth spot. I don't think they'll be in the play-in. I think they'll be right within that sixth seed guaranteeing them a playoff spot now let's end the show talking about some replacements who are going to be replacing the guys who are injured in the all-star game so De'Aaron Fox is going to replace Steph Curry Pascal is going to replace Kevin Durant Anthony Edwards is going to replace Zion Williamson now I'm still waiting to hear about Jalen Brown I don't know if he's going to play in the all-star game or not so that still remains to be seen but congratulations to Fox, Siakam, and Edwards. Fox and Siakam, personally, I felt should have been there already. Anthony Edwards, it was really contingent on how you want to label him. Maybe a guy that you could have put in there as well. And that's the episode. Shout out to the Trailblazers for treating their players dirty. Shout out to the new look Lakers. I mean, they got clobbered by Portland, but that's neither here nor there. On primetime, they look pretty good. I like the versatility and, and speed and depth of this new Lakers team. Jared Vanderbilt is slowly becoming one of my favorite players just because he plays hard, just does all, does all the dirty work, and, and just wants to win. So shout out to him. And shout out to the buyout market. We got players already going places. Reggie Jackson, as I stated earlier, he got traded to the Hornets. They bought him out. He's going to the Nuggets. Danny Green is going to the Cavs. Terrence Ross is going to be a Phoenix Sun. It's going to be a lot of moves made going forward. Lamarcus Aldridge is working out with the Mavericks. This is going to be an interesting time to see who goes where as teams begin to bulk up their roster for playoff pushes. I appreciate y'all rocking out with me. This has been another episode of 10 on the clock. 
I know Gotham Culture is supposed to start a season five debut today, but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to start it out a little later, just to give me time to prepare and do all the necessary things that I need to do to make sure that people know that this, the fifth season of Gotham Culture is getting ready to start really soon. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive hustle band, sneaker band, at 4.9 and lock them up wrong. Daytona 360, and I will holler at y'all next week. Peace.